0: Hey there, welcome to the Fanboys Strike Back comic review podcast, episode 58.
1: Welcome to the Fanboy Strike Back comic review podcast. I'm David. I'm Eric. And we are the Fanboys of Strike Back. Every week we uh, we read the comics that came out, and we throw a challenge out to to one another to read a book that uh, we normally wouldn't. So we kind of do a head-to-head counterpoint that we're going to talk about, with uh, this week being X-Men and Furnace and Nightwing. Um, and then we also touch on select books of the week. We also dip into pop culture, talk about toys, toys, um, talk about tv heroes uh we're also gonna today we're gonna talk about some of the news that comes out of a uh, new york comic-con which just happened which we wish we could have been there um and we are going to discuss some spoilers so if you don't want to be spoiled you might want to pause the podcast and come back later but uh that being said eric um you had a kind of a sad week this week oh my god i was just I I had the uh, proverbial lump in the throat.
0: You you know, it it happens when I watch Titanic, it happens during Apollo 15, (laughs) and it happened a lot this week reading comics.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: I had, okay, first off, I want to talk about a couple books. Um, Nightwing, number 153, which was the last issue of this series, and we're going to talk more about this in depth in a a couple minutes, but I want to also highlight uh, Batman, number Uh, 686 by neil gaiman and it's whatever happened to cape crusader and it was just so well done um what it was was it was not not so much a literal funeral for him in main continuity but it wasn't that at all but it was more of a a fond farewell for readers and also the characters from all through batman's history so what you had was you had a very uh, eclectic mix where you had characters from the golden age mixing with like Damien and characters from the current comics and characters from the silver age. And, and you had like different versions of the Joker being shown in, in different panels. And it was very, very just a gathering from every continuity, from every type of uh, Batman story. And, uh, during, during the funeral, there's different speakers. And so one of them was the golden age Catwoman And, uh, one of them was Alfred and basically what it is is they all tell different stories about how they feel like they killed batman and it's it's a tribute it's a very loving tribute andy Kubrick's art was fantastic and yeah, andy this
1: pretty good stuff
0: yeah i mean it was it was just gorgeous and and this was the first book i read cuz i was really excited and that just kicked off just kind of a the the, the tone of how the next uh, like hour would go for me <laughs> and then i went over to batman and the outsider special one shot with uh, Peter Tomasi writing, and what this was, was uh, basically, something's going on with the Outsiders, Bruce wants it to continue, and what he did is he recorded a message for Alfred, which is basically the, uh, uh, you know, the the farewell video, here's my instructions to do after I'm dead type of thing, and uh, there was was just one scene in it that just was like a punch in the gut, and just like, you know, Alfred's like Bruce's father, and Bruce acknowledges that, and oh my god it was just it just it 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 killed me it really killed me the rest of the issue was okay it was alfred gathering the rest of the outsiders but the first couple pages was just you know the 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 tears were welling up in the eyes the the lump in the throat was there and like i'm sitting right next to my girlfriend reading comics and i'm really like trying to man up yeah thirsty and then um and then okay, and then Nightwing one hundred and fifty three, which was the final issue, and this was probably the most uh, personal look at. First of all, it closes out Dick Grayson's series, which in itself was kind of sad. It had one hundred and fifty three issues. It was a great run of comics for the most part. I felt like, you know, it had a really strong finish, some really good issues in the middle of the run, and a fairly strong ending with uh, with Peter Tomasi writing. And um, it was it was a goodbye to Dick's status quo and basically his settling into the role that, that he was born to be, which, for all intents and purposes, really shows like he should be the next Batman. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear what you had to, what you thought of it.
1: Um, yeah, I was I actually really liked this. Um, I actually liked this quite a bit. I thought this was even though this was the last issue, and I know a good amount of Nightwing. Um, Nightwing continuity and um, lore, uh, but I thought this was very accessible to someone who like doesn't even know about Nightwing at all. Um, and I thought this was very, this was very touching. This was a very, I don't know. It was like a wrap up, like kind of you said, like you know, he's it's like he's um he's he's not it's not like he's coming to a crossroads, but he's he's coming to a point where some things in his life are coming to an end, and some things are are and his life for coming to a new beginning. Like things were that were like a nice touch were like um, him moving out of his headquarters that he had set up and having the JSA there. Cause just that small scene lets you know that like you know this is a big transition for a character. And yeah. I like them going through the the Batcave and finding the penny because it's it's something that's just very human. Something that. I mean, even though they're looking for this big, huge penny, it's it's just it's something that's very human, and it shows that they're dealing with their grief, and they're just trying. It's not so much about what they're doing. It's just the fact that him, Tim, and Alfred are just doing something. It's like they just they just have to do something. And the, when they start talking about Tim, and when Dick kind of tells that he's kind of changing, that he's kind of getting a little bit more, not aggressive, but dark, that was great. That was a great scene. Just great.
0: Yeah, they really bring home the point of, like, how much more can he go through it at, at that age. Mm-hmm. And then we see Tim was actually sitting on the stairs listening to him talk about it. You know, and, and it, it it felt very, that of the three of them in the cave after they pull up the penny, and, and you're right, they're just keeping active so they can keep their minds going. And at one point, you know, Dick asks Alfred, like, are you okay? And he's like, absolutely not. Right. um you know, this is this isn't how it should be, and there's—I mean—it was just such an emotional book. I love the scene where he comes back to Gotham, mainly because it was an homage to Batman Year One. I liked them talking about all the other heroes who had died, and he's like, "You know, do, does this feel temporary to you?" You know, even yeah, it's, that was a great even, touch. Even Barry Allen's back, and he's like, "Does this feel temporary?" And he's like, "No, this feels like it's—it's it's the real thing." And at that point, like, it, that's what hit me in this issue. Was like, it does feel like it's the real thing. It does. It's kind of funny, because we talked about this with the death of Superman. Is you had three parts. You had the the the, the death, the ending fight, and the death, which we've been through now. You had the funeral for a friend part, and then you had the like reign of Superman. And right now, we're really in the funeral for a friend part, which we're dealing with the aftermath. Great. And then that before Battle for the Cowl starts. And I just really like how it positioned him. It brought him home. And really, like... It, Gotham is kind of his hometown, and I like that the, the ending of the book showed a, a parallel between uh, between him and Bruce, and how he brought out the candle that he used on, on the night that he made the oath to Bruce.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a this was a strong book. I'm not. I mean, I'm not a huge Nightwing fan. I'm not a huge Batman fan, but this was uh, this was a great book. And actually, the uh, the backup story with him and Barbara was was great too. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I really loved this. I thought it was a you know, way, way for a uh, series to go out on a strong note. And so I definitely gave it, like, a 9 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would probably give it, like, a eight point uh, five out of 10. I was disappointed that there weren't any giant squids, but <laughs> I did try to get over that fact.
0: Oh, Bruce Jones, I don't know how the main fiends work. I really don't.
1: <laughs> okay, so now I picked up uh, Nightwing for, for you. Um, you picked up X and Furnace on my my end. Um, what did you think about this one? Because you've you've kind of liked the series so far, right? I have. Um, it's definitely a
0: little bit more out there than most X Men stories that I prefer. Like this is way into the the demon, you know, portion of it. Which it apparently X Men have their foot have had their foot in this type of realm for a while.
1: Yeah, Limbo
0: and Velasco. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, which there's a lot of references to things that i don't know but like i'm i'm getting it and it's not it's not terribly dense or anything like it's actually something that you know with a basic knowledge of x-men you can pick up like i know about iliana and i know her relationship to the team and and why they're going there Mm -hmm. but i mean this this had a lot of nice moments in it i don't think the story got moved very far but like seeing wolverine take out all those demons you know i mean that's that's like the the quintessential like wolverine moment you know
1: right that's what he's saying
0: exactly but i mean it was it was good i liked seeing uh colossus and wolverine take out the younger x-men at the end when they were possessed like that was like oh shit just of a moment
1: yeah that was that's true I think this has been a good story. I think the art's really good. I think the art is very dark and gritty, but at the same time, the way like the way that Pixie is drawn is that it's very dark and gritty, but you can tell that there is this kind of innocence about her. So the art I really like. Um, I really like Nightcrawler as a team leader because I've always liked a like that. There's a point where. They have to get to Belasco's castle, and Kurt just can't teleport them uh, that far, but he just kind of has to dig deep and do it, and he passes out when he, when he gets there, and I, was just, that, I thought one, that was one of those just kind of the rousing moments, because I'm a big fan of Kurt. I just don't know. I, I There's only one issue left, so I'm I don't I'm not sure if this is going to wrap up. I mean, this it has to wrap up, and it has to bring Ileana back, because if if it doesn't, then there's no point for the story. So I think yeah. that's my only concern right now, and because I'm not even sure if we're going to see that, I feel like, um, it might wrap up with the uh, maybe she will come back, and it can do that because if she does that with a maybe, then I think the story will not have been worth it. But if, they, if she finally comes back, if they finally say okay, Ileana is back, um, she's going to be with the X Men, then it, it it's gonna be everything's gonna be worth it. I just I'm just kind of worried at this point
0: see her back like on the team because she's been away for a while hasn't she
1: yeah and and we, we have some we have some comic-con news that is concerns her that we'll talk about later she is definitely coming back i, I just hope that this is the way she does it but we'll get i guess we'll get into that a little bit later okay. uh, overall i thought it was i thought it was like a it was a solid book i give it like a seven out of ten like you said nothing really happened um it was an enjoyable book but the story didn't move at all
0: yeah, that's the thing. And for only a four-issue miniseries, I feel like you really have to... Uh, you can't spend much time dilly-dallying, which it would, I was kind of surprised to see in this mm-hmm. book. But you're right, the art was wonderful. It has kind of a... It's not realistic, but at the same time, I don't know, it's its not overly cartoony either. It's, it fits somewhere in the middle. I'd, I'd give it the same, about a 7 out of 10.
1: Um, Green Lantern Core, number 33. I. It looks like our good buddy Kyle Rayner is in love again, and I don't know if I can handle this anymore. This woman has a target on her back already. I want my friend Kyle to be happy more than anything, and I just know it's not going to work.
0: Nope. I, I mean, you, you. It's Kyle Rayner. I <laughs> mean, that's the thing. Is like, as soon as he kisses her, like she's dead.
1: Every every woman in the DC universe should be just horribly afraid of that guy.
0: it's like the plague pretty much Uh, but no I thought like but like this was a book for old school Kyle fans like through and through this was it really focused on him you know usually it's him and Guy but this one was really about him and I liked how how he was it showed that he wasn't dealing well with the loss of all the lanterns and you and i have gone on the record of saying like this is a, really a different kyle than 10 years ago like this is you know a veteran core member kyle and he's really stepped up and he's really being the man and stuff like that and then it was nice to see this this quiet moment of his where you see like all the stuff it does still affect him and he is still essentially that same guy that we knew you know from all those years ago mm-hmm. and and this is how he's dealing with it, and it, it was kind of a weird way of dealing with it. But as an, I, I totally get it. It wasn't, it wasn't like a off weird. But um, and then having them do the, uh, the large mural was was a great idea. I loved it, and there was you know a lot of fun jokes as far as like the Tom Sawyer references and stuff like that.
1: Right. Yeah, you know how um, a lot of people talk about how the Green Lantern Corps is always cool, or like how the best part of the Green Lantern Corps or the Justice League is that when you see you see them eating in the cafeteria together, and so okay. just that just that idea is great. So it's so it was almost like one of those teen dramas are like a and not I I don't know, like a PSA, because Kyle and Guy are there, they're kind of starting the mural, and then one Green Lantern comes by, he's like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, oh, we're just we're just doing a mural for the Dead Green Lanterns. Oh, I want to join. And then another one shows up, and it's like, hey, I want to join too. And then all of a sudden, they're all there. And yeah. it was like, I mean, it was cheesy, but it was it was real, especially with the fact of, you know, there have been so many people that have died. And if you think about Oa and if you think about the the devotion to the core, I mean, Kyle doing a mural like this and then wanting to help out is something that is just totally realistic. And so I totally was there. I totally bought into it. And I just thought that was a great touch. And I like, that's something that you don't really see in books. And I thought that was just your yeah. boy Tomasi is rocking it this week with this and Nightwing.
0: Yeah, he is freaking everywhere. This Nightwing and outsiders, like they, they lined it all up to where it all came out this week. And, um, what was I mean? It sounds cheesy, like when you're just talking about it, like mm-hmm. you know one Green Lantern shows up and they paint it painted you know thing and you know it does sound cheesy, but it was done really really well and I like um, I like the scene with the new Ion too with a uh, Sodom, yep and they had that like uh, Steve Buscemi looking like Sinestro Corps member and his name was actually Buscemi spelled backwards, which I thought <laughs> was, pretty, <laughs> I didn't know I was that. like wait a second look at the and uh, it was actually really interesting and then uh, his mom comes out and just like. Something basically was that the planet Daxum is the new headquarters for the Sinestro Corps.
1: Yep,
0: and that was really cool. I, yeah. I like that.
1: Yeah, I like so much of stuff that he's doing. Like the fact that Mongol is now saying that he is um, he's going to lead to the Sinestro Corps, and Arkelo is like, "No, you're not going to do that. So we're going to fight to the death," which is something that they those two characters will totally do. It's just it's. It's just amazing that this book is just keeps on getting better. I just wait for it to be like, ah, okay, it's going downhill. But it doesn't.
0: You know, and, and one thing Tomasi has done is he really makes us feel like a cohesive universe. Like, he has, I want to say, like that magic that Jeff Johns weaves over the normal book, but he definitely has some kind of, like, way about him. And he did this in Outsiders, too, that, you know, you really feel like one book connects with the other book.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, I thought this was great. This would have been a 9 out of 10 for me. I thought this was just a great, great book.
0: Yeah, um, I'd probably go 8.59 or 9 out of 10. I It was just really, really enjoyable. And what it did is it, like, reminded me again, like, why I like Kyle Rick Right. And so that was fun because I, I feel like we haven't seen that that part of him for a very long time. And yeah. so just, just to know that that's it, – it's still there. It's acknowledged that like yeah he's he's an artist he's a he's a guy who got lucky and made the best out of it and it's it was really
1: good yeah you're absolutely right i mean i felt as in that not just thinking about it now that might be why i enjoyed uh, enjoyed this issue so much just because it was so it was so kyle centric and so old school kyle and i yeah uh, i'm I'm so glad to see that he's still being taken care of, and, and again, like i like I, I like um Saratu. I think she's a great character, and I think her the dynamic between her and Kyle would be really cool. I just don't want to see her die.
0: know. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, she is a great character. Like she's she had that really good like kind of um dry humor on you know the in in the Lantern book so far where you know, if she's on a team, she's, you know, she's a field medic, you know, she's a really strong, powerful female character, which it, it's great. She has a, a very, very good dynamic to the team. And I like how they talked that she had uh, never allowed herself to really become emotionally involved with someone. And then contrast that with Kyle, who's just shut himself off completely <laughs> because, you know, his girlfriends get put in fridge, you know, the, the refrigerator, so... Right yeah which did you see origins Noman's in the back there and you saw jade coming back
1: yeah that should be interesting to see how that factors into everything you know and and it's been a long time and i know i
0: should probably let it go but the second i saw it i was like oh she broke up with kyle
1: <laughs> dude i still have a problem with donna troy
0: <laughs> just because of that
1: i still like i like donna troy but there's some tape where i'm like you broke kyle's heart
0: <laughs> uh, I, for some reason, like, that that taste is never washed out of my mouth yet. <laughs> Ooh! So, I yeah. so, never... Another...
1: So okay, hold on. Which one? There was Alex, there was a fridge, there was Jade, there was Donna, wasn't there another one? Or was that just the uh, three? It's the
0: three of them, um, there might have been... Okay, okay, he was... There was Alex, Donna, because he went with the Titans for a while, and then... She left, and, and yeah, it was Jade after that, and then I think there was like a little romance in a miniseries with someone, but I don't think she
1: died. Uh, yeah. But the worst was Jade, because I've been, well, those two died, but then Jade, he went off into space and then came back, and she's like, ah, never mind, and then she died.
0: Well, she had the, she had the stranger in his shower. In his shower! Uh, right! In the shower! He came
1: home! Oh! He's been through so much. Ugh. That's why I don't like her. <laughs> That's why I don't like her. <laughs> don't like her. <laughs> That's so,
0: true. Um, a book you are missing out on, my friend, and I—I I bet you'd like it. Is GI Joe written by Chuck Dixon?
1: I keep uh, this is was this issue number two? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because issue zero, one, and two have come out, and every time I go to the store, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pick it up, and every time I forget.
0: It's a. Uh... I mean, it's it feels thick like it's a it's a four dollar book and Chuck Dixon. I don't know if he's written much for Marvel, but he was responsible for like uh, Robin, Nightwing, Birds of Prey, all those books when they first started, and it was awesome. And uh, apparently, he's like really into kind of war stuff, and mm-hmm. so it it shows in this. But what we've got so far is we we haven't had any major developments. But what we've got is Snake Eyes has gone. Missing in action we know snake is kind of off doing his own own thing but we don't get a whole lot of him and we get a lot of uh scenes of the gi joe military base and the operation personnel like uh, they're doing a lot of uh, research and, and things like that that are obviously going to become apparent later on in the story like they're developing new technologies and stuff like that and uh what's fun is like there's a lot of the the code names and stuff like that. No, a lot of them, like side characters, I I don't remember at all. But no. like brainstorm, brainstorm's in this a lot. I'm like uh, I don't remember brainstorm, but man, that sounds like it, it sounds like a GI Joe. <laughs> but um, we had general a little bit of General Hawk. We had uh, a, basically Snake Eyes taking down a uh, a convoy of, of arms, which was cool. And all like all we see is like a, a sword slash and this truck going over, and then we see this you know this black silhouette leaping across buildings in the, in the distance is like, snake guys. Like, that was yeah, awesome.
1: I really want to get this book. And, uh, we had
0: a little something like basically like he's doing his own thing and it's, he's informing Scarlet. And for what I get so far is like Scarlet's somehow in a loop about it, but she's keeping her mouth shut to the rest of the shows. And what we also get is we get someone who's, we don't know it at first who it is, but it's someone in a castle in some other country, and he's basically brought in a device to GI Joe headquarters, and they don't know what it is. They're inspecting it and they're doing all kinds of tests on it. And what it does is basically, it, it while well, no one's looking at it, it hatches out these little robots. And this is so like a '80s cartoon, but it hatches out these little robots. And we see these two people in the castle, like they're they're driving them around, you know, and they're looking at video and things like that. And then it comes across one of the Joes in a hallway and kills them. And uh, we're like, oh, shit, okay, so so someone's doing some bad recon on, on the Joes and trying to learn more about their operation. Because he's like, uh, you know, what's this installation? They're covering up their GPS coordinates, and it looks like a classified facility. And meanwhile, while that's happening, someone's breaking into his castle, and they're like, it's, it's a female, and she's going through the very covertly, swimming up through the castle bottom, and she comes out, and it's uh, the Baroness. Mm. And she's ready to take this guy down who who's heading this uh infiltration operation and it turns out it's destro okay. but it, you know it's it's without the the helmet or anything like that oh but uh yeah it's it's like he's just a dude so far interesting yeah james mcccolin she comes out and she's got a gun pointed at him and uh, something like that she she refers to him by destro and I was like ooh, ooh, that's intriguing. The issue ends off right there but there's a lot of intrigue. Like I, I don't know what's going on a lot yet, but basically like I'm still the, – the book's still in that getting caught up to speed. Like here's, here's the world we, we have set out. Here's the cast of characters, and we're getting little little bits and pieces. But the whole infiltration thing into G.I. Joe headquarters was really cool. Like the, It feels like a G.I. Joe book with all the, the gadgets and the technology and, and the, the characters.
1: So do you think this is something you're going to pick up monthly? For a
0: while. I think I think so, yeah. I I definitely wanna go through the first story arc and see how it turns out. But I had a lot of fun with this actually. This was this was just plain it, it was a just plain fun book and I'd probably give it like a, a seven point five or eight out of ten.
1: Nice. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna go try those issues down.
0: Yeah, you really should you would enjoy it. I, I, I really think you would.
1: Just gotta remember. Um uh Thor six hundred came out this week. And this is hands down a ten out of ten book. This was amazing, just amazing. Uh, it's huge. It was this a huge giant sized book, and this is um, this is basically bringing the conclude bringing an end to the first full arc of what JMS has been doing since he brought Thor back. He brought Thor back. Um, all the gods of Asgard are back, but they were kind of in um human form and we've been kind of been dealing with that Loki's a woman um, Baldr has been revealed to be a son of Odin so Baldur is now ruling Asgard with Thor um, the last issue was a great issue uh, I didn't get to talk about it on the show but it had just to do with Loki and the fact that Loki was planning some stuff and he went back in time and kind of did some stuff back in time to get what he wanted and in this issue, you find out that he basically went back in time and he kind of, there's a point where Odin's father, uh, whose name is Bor, I guess, who's kind of the first king of Asgard, he died. And Odin had the, the opportunity to bring him back, but he didn't. So Loki brings Bor back in um, the current age and kind of puts this spell on him so that when he sees the world, he sees it in this kind of hell, kind of like a truck looks like a demon, and normal innocent people look like demons also. And so it kind of freaks him out. And he just starts lashing out. So of course it's up to Thor to come in and save the day. And this this huge battle ensues. And it's it was this was a great book because you never see Thor really get his butt kicked, but he can like I mean he's having a hard time fighting this guy because this is, like, the original king of Asgard. This is basically his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, so how it works is that he, he's holding his own, but he needs some help. So he's, he does the battle cry. He he starts yelling, Avengers assemble. And who shows up but the new Dark Avengers. Oh. And he gets pissed. He gets pissed. <laughs> he's like, what is this? He's like, you know, this is blasphemy. What are you doing? And, um... Osborn shows up as Iron Patriot, and he's like, you know, we're not going to deal with this right now, and he tells the Dark Avengers to basically take down Boar and Thor. So there's this huge battle going on already between Boar and Thor, and now the Dark Avengers are in it, and it's just, um, Olive Cop-Coppel is is uh, drawing list. it's gorgeous, just gorgeous. Um, the Dark Avengers basically get their, their butts kicked by uh, both, um, parties, and it kind of comes down to it where Thor has no choice but to kill Bor. He has no idea who Bor is because Bor cannot be reasoned with. And he's just like, this guy is going to kill some people, he's going to destroy the world. I have to put him down. Puts him down, and magically, of course, Loki and Baldur show up at that point. And they see that, and they're like, Thor, what are you doing? You just killed, you know, the, the, the king of Asgard. And Thor's like, what are you talking about? And he's distraught, I mean, he fig- he finds this out and he just starts just crying and breaking down. Um, so Loki is kind of like, well, you know, I'm not sure what we're gonna do here because by Asgardian law, if you kill, you know, a king of Asgard, then you are banished. And Baldur's like, yeah, that's right. I don't know what to do. So it ends with Baldur having to banish Thor from Asgard. And Loki just sitting there getting exactly what he wants, and they kind of give Thor a chance to, to you know, say what he wants to say. And so I, wait,
0: have to... isn't Loki a girl
1: though? Loki is a girl. Yeah. Okay. So Loki's still up there with Balder, and he's uh, Loki is um, just saying, "Okay, you gotta go." And Balder's like, "I have no choice. I I do have to go." And he says, "You know, Thor, do you have anything to say for yourself?" And I have to kind of quote this. Um, He's like, but what words do I have to say? He's like, I do, and at another time, at another place, I shall speak them. And I believe I know to whom these words should be spoken. And when I speak them, thunder and fire and darkness shall soon follow. And he's looking exactly at Loki when he's saying this. And I was like, ooh, I got I got chills. <laughs> so it's just like this big, huge, epic story that's coming to an end. And I feel like this is such a payoff from, from reading the story since um, Thor came back. And then the little icing on the cake is that Loki, after that, starts going around to the Asgardians um, saying, you know, we can't stay here on Earth. Because right now they're in Oklahoma, for whatever reason. And Loki's like, we can't stay here. We're Asgardians. We We need snow. We need adventure. We need war. We need armor. He's like, I know a place we can go. I've talked to the king of this land, and he said it's okay. And the Asgardians are like, well... Loki, you're probably right. So let's do this. And the last page is that they're going to Latveria, and they're going to go live with Doom. So that's turning into the uh, the dark reign. Mm-hmm.
0: Looks uh, like the, it. the Illuminati.
1: Yeah, this was oh, this was a ten out of ten, hands down. This was a great book, just so good. You're pretty excited about this. I am so excited. I can't. Um, I just I just read this not too long ago, and I'm just like, oh, that is just that is excellent.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it's great if you're a Thor fan. I just can't get into that character.
1: I wasn't a Thor fan a year ago, mind you. It can be done. Just give them a try. I don't know. Uh, The last book that we want to talk about real quick, um, and uh, Eric, I hope you don't disown me as a friend because you just found out I am now a Thor fan, but I also have to say I'm I'm beginning to come um, kind of a Legion fan too. Legion of Three Worlds number three came out and I think I might uh, like the Legion you know,
0: I, I don't, I don't know be gentle be gentle I don't even know which Legion you're, you're talking about because there's three of them one you know the, the Jeff Jones one I can tolerate I can tolerate them uh, the Silver Age one it, you're out you're <laughs> out
1: yeah and this is the thing we're, we're just going to kind of talk about the end and this was very confusing this wasn't Grant Morrison confusing this was just like there's too many characters confusing I guess but it sounds type of confusing by the way yeah and and i feel like i don't know i, I feel like that was kind of the fun cuz reading this and it sometimes it can be a little bit cheesy and a little bit much with sunboy or whatever lad. but i i kind of find like that's something that i'm, I'm interested in cuz there's all these characters and i just think that the central theme about superman being an alien on earth and being this role model for the universe as a whole like I feel like it can either be really bad or, or really good, but I, I think it's 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 worth seeking out. So I'm going to I'm going to try to find some uh some good Legion stories. But I'm luck with that. But... <laughs> but what we really have to talk about is at the very end of Legion of Three Rules number 3, Bart Allen came back. And I don't know why people weren't even talking about it. I didn't hear anything about this.
0: Yeah, it's true. Um I you told me and I was like, "Holy shit." So I went back to the story and I read it. And, um, first part, what I did enjoy, I did not enjoy all the leg- the three different legions because I was doing the, the thing where I'm looking around at the artwork, I'm like, okay, that's the, ten- you know, that's the doppelganger of that, who's the doppelganger of that, and that's the, you know, there's, seems like there's five of those, shouldn't there only be three of those? And, <laughs> um, so that I didn't enjoy at all. Uh, I do always like the character of Brainiac 5, mm-hmm. um, and Brainiac 2 for that matter, which, uh, showed up in the, uh, Legion book, not not to be confused with a uh, Legion, right. but L-, L E G <laughs> I O N. Uh, anyways, back to it. Uh, what I did enjoy was the sodomyat stuff.
1: Oh, that was great.
0: And he talked about you know he gave the Green Lantern a funeral and he said you know I'm the last guardian and he talks about him being the torchbearer and how there was a torchbearer before him and he he bestowed that name upon him when when he died and I was like oh Kyle.
1: And his oath, his oath is a mixture of the old Green Lantern and uh, the Sinestro core Yeah, which
0: is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I thought that was really cool. I mean, and it still all goes back to um, to the Frank Miller stuff. Like he was always destined to be the last Green Lantern.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So that or not Frank Miller? I'm sorry, Alan Moore stuff.
1: Oh right, right. Uh,
0: but no, it was, it was good. And then what I liked was the way they brought Bart back was uh. He was trapping that lightning rod from the lightning saga, the JLA JSA crossover.
1: And just the way they did it, because they w- talk it. about how um, they're bringing a flashback, and they, they're they're talking about the lightning rods, and I, even at this point, I don't even know what's going on. And but you, you get like Superboy Prime is trying to stop him, and he kind of gets a hint of like what's what they're doing. He's like, no, he's like, not him, no way. And he so he starts to get kind of scared. And then he starts to get more like Superboy Prime, more like whiny and complaining, like, no, you're not going to bring him back, not him, never. And then you turn the corner, and it's Bart, and he's yelling, boo. And I was like, oh, that's so good. That's so good. It's so." And he's, he's young Bart, he's kid Flash Bart. Um, so excited to have him back. So excited.
0: Yeah, which is interesting, because we saw at the end of that saga, like, uh, we all thought it was Barry Allen, but... After they brought Wally back, there was still someone trapped in their, in their lightning rod that they brought back with them. Right. And so that was interesting. So apparently that was Bart. And what I don't get is, like, which is this from after Infinite Crisis before he became aged, apparently? Because he didn't die going into Speed Force.
1: Right. So. Yeah, I mean, he was, that's what we kind of talked about, because he got beaten to death. I mean, that's kind of, that's a hard thing to come out of. So.
0: Yeah, so, and, he's, and he's younger here, so this might have been like after, you know, so, sometime in, in between that time when he disappeared in Infinite Crisis and then when he came back older right. at the end of it.
1: I, I don't care. I don't care if it's the lamest Redcon ever. As long as Bart's back, I am happy.
0: You know, I, I'm happy to see him back because they just decimated, like, a lot of characters, and I wonder if they're kind of paying for that now, like, because, you know, I, I still miss having Connor around.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So, you know, to have Bart... Come back. It's like oh, that's that's nice. You know, he's he was a great character. and I think he had a lot of potential, and I don't think it was it was explored for all it was when he was Impulse. But then when he became a Teen Titan, I think that he had a lot of depth added to his character with what happened between him and Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. He knew he had to mature a little bit, and then when you add in that whole thing with uh, Superboy Prime, and basically like you you make them really like have this dynamic between them where. You have the most ultimate, you know, powerful villain in, in ever, and he's afraid of Bart. You know that that really elevates Bart's status. Right. You know, and you know he's got that kind of flash phobia. So.
1: Right. No, it was
0: it was cool. I mean, it it, it was definitely that last page. Like, oh yeah, you know, there
1: that's there he is. So. So it good. should be interesting how it plays out. Um, obviously, Legion of Three Worlds should have been done before Final Crisis, but. Um... But going in, we can, we can we can segue that into uh, the New York Comic Con news. So New York Comic Con was uh, last week. Uh, a lot of big news from both companies. Um, and one of the things that Jeff Johns talked about was in Flash Rebirth. He said, you know, I Bart came back in Legion of Three Worlds, and right now he's in the thirty first century. But he said, as of Flash Rebirth, Bart will be back in the Flash universe, and that's where he is to stay. Nice. So well, yeah, that's that that cool. To hear. Very so, I'm happy. I'm excited about that.
0: One thing I'm I'm curious to get your reaction on is uh, the post uh, ultimatum, ultimate Spider Man books where Bendis is kind of teasing that it might not be Peter Parker under the under the mask.
1: Yeah, they. I mean, I think the biggest announcement that Marvel made, and I was shocked because Marvel made some pretty big announcements, but the biggest was that their the ultimate books are being restructured and they're going to be called Ultimate Comics. And all we know right now is there are going to be four books, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, Ultimate Comics uh, Avengers, and then two other ones. We don't know what those are. But yeah, he said that straight up, Like Ultimate Spider-Man is going to be different. He kind of teased that um, there might be someone else in the costume. He said that there are things you're going to see in a Spider-Man book that you never thought you'd see in a Spider-Man book before.
0: Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting, which it kind of irritated me, too, because that's, like, the one Ultimate book that I, I like, and I'm like, God, right. it's just such a great... Like, that's where I go to get my Spider-Man fix. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, don't, don't mess with that, but...
1: I, I have a, I have, a, I have a couple things I guess I can say. Um, number one is, going along with you, what you just said, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, Ultimate Spider-Man has consistently been a great book since its first issue, which it's, like, that 140 almost right now. And, I mean... There aren't a lot of books I can say that. There might not be any books that could, they can say that they've been consistent throughout. Um, two is, I, I'm i not sure if anyone out there remembers, but I kind of had a, a, a hard time with uh, Brand New Day and One More Day. And, <laughs> yeah. I'm, and I'm still not reading Amazing Spider-Man. I'm not sure if I can survive having something bad happen to Ultimate Spider-Man at this point.
0: <laughs> might be a well, little bit are you, too much you're gonna go for your spider-man fix
1: yeah I, I mean i'm gonna be left with what new avengers and that's it yeah pretty much so i don't know i mean i trust bendis i have all the trust in bendis i i worry that kind of i mean sometimes when big plans meet the creator books you know, that can destroy the creator books. If, you know, Bendis had a good hold on Spider-Man, it was a great book, but now Ultimatum's totally going to, it's going to change everything. And, I mean, he seems happy about it. He seems like he's like, you know, like, he's like, okay, we're, we're going to do this. And I hope that that's genuine. I hope that's not just like, okay, I have to do this. I'm going to put on a, a brave face. But, I don't know. I guess we're just going to have to see. But, I don't know. I mean... I can't imagine, like, what they're going to do, how they're going to change things, but there are, they said that there's going to be some big changes. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. Um,
0: yeah, I, I don't know. There it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of news that came out of this Comic-Con, but but the little bits that we did get were, were tantalizing, I guess, enough.
1: But, yeah, you I mean, know, it me. you have Greg Rucka coming back to, to Detective, uh, a full year of Batwoman stories. What do you think about that?
0: I'm excited about that. Um, I'm, I'm really kind of sad to see Paul Dini and, and Dustin go, But um, I think they're still going to be working for a little while on Detective. Or at least on the books. I know they're coming back for a little bit. But, um, yeah, there's going to be a whole new lineup. There's uh, Batman and Detective Comics. There's going to be a book called Batman and Robin. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be, which I'm assuming is going to feature probably Dick Grayson and Damien. Damien is looking like he's going to be the new Robin because there's going to be a new Robin. There's going to be a Red Robin book. Which you see, they're gonna be Tim or Jason, mm-hmm. um, and then there's uh, just the outsiders. They're dropping the Batman, and uh, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be really interesting. I don't even know what to think of the status quo anymore because we haven't really gotten a taste of it until about all the finishes. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a really weird time to be a Batman fan because no, there's no certainty. <laughs> it's just like yeah. I, I don't they're know really- how I'm gonna. I'm sure the the Greg Rucka stuff is going to be good, but you know it's not going to be him writing Bruce. But you know I like Batwoman; she she seems like a cool character so far from what I've read in Fifty Two, and I'm sure I will get to know her and like her better. Uh, you know, as as the issues go on with Rucka.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I have to give them credit because while I may not have liked everything, I mean things are different there. I mean this is not going to be like something that's going to be like oh okay. It's going to be back to normal. I mean, this is a big shakeup.
0: Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's because I mean they're doing away with a lot of the books, and there's going to be an Oracle miniseries, which I'm actually really excited for. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: But I think there's a oh, Gotham Sirens or something like that, which. I've oh been, right,
1: right, right.
0: So I think that's what's going to end up being her book. But I'm really curious about the Batman and Robin book because.
1: So I, are, I just, is that going to be? The Batman Robin that we saw from, what, the first issue of R.I.P., probably?
0: I think so, yeah. Which, I went back and... I, I bought the hardcover of that last week, too. And I went back and looked at the artwork. And it's, it's got to be Damien. Damien's definitely in it. and it so, uh, be,
1: But I can't see... I, I would assume that Dick's going to be Batman. And I cannot see Dick working with Damien.
0: Well, he's... There was a... Da, 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 in one of the Origins and Omens issues, I think it was the night Nightwing one... Uh, they showed the uh, uh, you know little glimpses of over the next year, and they showed Dick training Damien in the cave with Talia watching.
1: Well, that is true. I do remember that.
0: So I was like, oh, that that's got to be it right there. But I'm like, where's you know what's going to happen to Tim? And then what's gonna is Tim gonna reassume the Robin mantle at some point? Because I've never known any Robin to you know once they leave that role to want to return to it.
1: Well, so, I mean, as as the resident Batman guy. If it's uh would that be okay? I mean, if there was a constant change where Damien became the new Robin and Tim became something else red robin?
0: Um, you know, and this is gonna sound a lot like nineteen eighty seven again, but like i I would definitely feel a little bit like how the fans felt when Jason took over when they redid Jason as as the the street tough kid, but I you know, honestly, Damien makes Jason look like a saint. (laughs)
1: <laughs> from, so you think the, so you think Damian stuff. needs to go
0: yeah i don't think he needs to go i think i think it'll be really interesting to watch him develop over the next year i could be totally wrong and they could bring him around but you know tim drake was created to be robin and he, i i personally i have so much history in that character uh tim drake is one of the reasons why i'm reading comic books today because right. i follow that character and i love that character
1: and but you know, don't he, you think Tim can move on just like Dick did? I mean, he has the same potential.
0: Well, he does, but, you know, I mean, Dick Grayson was Robin for 40 years. You know, yeah, or or close to it, you got to remember. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Tim's been Robin for 20. So I can't see them moving him on so, you know, that quickly.
1: And I hear yeah. that he's not part of the Titans anymore either.
0: Nope, he left the Titans and, uh, well, yeah, Dick left the Titans and Tim left the Teen Titans. So I can drop those two books now so that's that's kind of good actually <laughs> titans good. has been pretty interesting actually uh teen titans has been just god awful and i'm not going that anymore <laughs> but uh, but titans has been pretty good uh but i'm i'm i don't think i'm going to be following them because basically I've, i follow those characters to get the inter- their interactions with those teams right uh, but you know it's, it's kind of interesting like i said it's a really big or like you said it's a really big status quo change up and you know, I can't even gauge how how I can really respond to it without you know I kind of really do have to take it like week by week and see how each of the books turns out. Like I'm just hoping they do it, and I think they are. Like they're putting you know Deenie on it and stuff like, or not Dini, but uh, Ruka. You know, they're 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 putting talent on these books, and I'm excited about the Ezreal book. There's a new Ezreal coming out, mm-hmm. and you know who's who would be excited about that? This guy.
1: <laughs> I, think, so, I think you're the only one. I might
0: be, but you know, I liked you know back when Danny O'Neill and Joe Casada did the original Sword of Ezreal miniseries, and that was I really liked that. So if this is going to be anything tying into those old books, like I could I could really really get in line with that. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, um, the only other news I want to touch on is there are some there are some big um, X news. which we were talking when I was talking about with Ileana, is that they're actually going to bring the New Mutants book back, and this is probably something that's that's doomed to fail. But this is probably, I mean, this this might be the thing I was most excited about, um, just because I never thought I would see another New Mutants book, and the New Mutants, um, if you don't know, that was the first generation of kids who were trained at Xavier. So it's like Cannonball, Sunspot. Uh, Doug Ramsey, Kitty Pride was with the New Mans for a while. Ileana. so they're gonna give them a book. I again, I think it's doomed because I am not sure if there's gonna be a lot of people who are gonna follow that book, but that, I mean, that was one of the books that got me reading X Men. So the fact that they're bringing that back and that like they're they're pretty serious about it, very very giddy about it. Yeah, that could um, be cool. Yeah, I th- um, and I th- I think those characters do have a place because they've been like very they've been they you know been thrown into obscurity but i think they can bring him back
0: one thing i was going to ask you about is uh it was said that chris claremont's going to come back and write x-men like uh, x-men uh forever or something like that which right. made me think of Batman forever but basically he's taking where his run left off and doing like an alternate timeline like if he had kept writing x-men yeah. how he would have done it <laughs> um what, how, okay you and you came in after the claremont run didn't
1: you i came in during the claremont run did you? Okay, because so Claremont. How, how, how do you feel? About this? You know, I don't know. The thing is, is that I came into X-Men with X Men with X Men One, which is what they're doing because Claremont did the first three issues and then he was gone, and so this is going to be him picking up after those three issues, which, which is exactly where I started picking up X Men, and then I kind of went back from there. Um. Claremont may need to stay away from X books for a while though, because he's come back before. He came back. He did. He did Extreme X Men, which was not good. He did some uncanny stuff, which is which was not good. Um, I feel like this is a good. I I feel like this is a good compromise though, because I feel like Marvel wants to give him a shot. Claremont can sell books. Um. But his take on the modern X Men just does not work. So, if he wants to go back and try some stuff, I think that's the best solution, honestly.
0: Well, this um, might be kind of
1: like, it might have that throwback type of style to it. Yeah, if, I mean, if he plans on going back to where he left off, I'm all for that. I will read that book and I will probably enjoy that book. I mean,. His stuff that's been in continuity hasn't been great, but if he wants to go back and you want to give him just a, a different sandbox that he can do anything in, i, I say give it, give it a shot and see what happens. But I'll, I'll be there for sure because, um, I mean, Claremont has proven more than anyone that he's capable of, I mean, writing the x I mean, Claremont has done the most amazing stuff and the most seminal and uh, the, the stuff that sticks and is part of the legacy so you know he deserves it. He he deserves as many shots as they're gonna they're gonna give him. I, I can't say I'm gonna love it, but I'll definitely be there to try it.
0: Yeah, it's the same thing about Marv Wolfman when he came back, Great <laughs>
1: Nightwing. <laughs> well, you sense. you gave it a shot. That's all you can do. You know, in disaster. Yeah. Uh, the true. last thing I wanted to t- touch on was uh, Messiah War. They announced the Messiah War is going to be coming out, which is going to be a crossover between Cable and X Force. And Messiah War is going to be the sequel to Messiah Compe- Complex, and they're saying that it's the second part in the Messiah trilogy. So, it would have been nice to know it was a trilogy when Messiah Complex <laughs> came out, which I don't think that that was ever revealed.
0: Because uh, we're all the- what the hell is with the baby?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I can say that I'm interested in this, especially with the fact that uh, Cable has been very interesting lately. And Cable, um, the baby, Hope, isn't her name, is now Seven. And it's becoming more of a real book. And it's, it's kind of becoming more centered about her. And she's you're starting to to see the, the beginning of her being trained by Cable. Um, he starts talking to her about what mutants are. And he keeps on telling her about how important she is and how she can't go home, but she'll see home eventually. So... It's, it's going somewhere um, it's interesting I damn near picked up an
0: issue, the last issue of cable when it came out and bought it because I was looking through it for the art and it's like I just can't buy a cable book but yeah
1: it was actually it was actually pretty good and I think I think the next issue of cable is supposed to be the last maybe I'm not sure how they're gonna do well I guess not because this has to be a crossover last yeah yeah because I said uh, I think at the end of the last um, issue is said to be concluded so i don't know what they're gonna do but i'm looking forward to this i hope that they've kind of because i know they've listened to the fans and know what people did not like about messiah complex and i hope that that stuff is kind of rectified but um i i'm interested to see what's going to happen especially with the fact that the hope and the baby is as in the character is becoming an actual like an interesting character
0: yeah, that's cool. I like their they developing her. All right, well, uh, that does it for us this week. Um, if you have any questions for us, you can always email us at contact at com. Uh, you can also go to our uh, forums, which are on our website at com, And that is where we uh, post topics that we like to talk about. We talked about uh, the Comic-Con this weekend. We talked about uh, episodes of Heroes and... All kinds of different stuff, anything at all that we'd like to talk about. We'd love to see you on there. Um, always love to to chat with people. Um, also, you can find us on most podcatchers.
1: Yep, iTunes, Podcast Alley. Uh, if you do like the show, please leave us a review. That really helps us out. Uh, lets more people get exposed to the show. And you know, tell your friends if you think someone may like the show. Just uh, tell them, hey, check this out. Download it. See what you see. What you think. Uh, like Eric said, come by the forum. Um, it's been it's been very cool. We talked about the Comic Con stuff. Uh, we have some TV threads up, uh, movie threads. Uh, the past week, Battlestar Galactica and Lost, some of the some of the best TV ever. The the best episode of Battlestar Galactica came out this past week. Amazing, phenomenal. Eric, you're missing out. It's amazing. Yeah. Ah, You will watch it one day. Mark my (laughs) words. I will make you watch this one day because it's so good. Um, And then you can give us a call on our voicemail, 206-350-2354. Give us a call. Leave us a message. If you have a question or comment, we'll play it on the show. All that kind of good stuff.
0: And we also want to thank our sponsors, uh, InStockTrades.com. For sponsoring the show, you can always go to insaturationz.com, and they have incredible discounts on their trade paperbacks on the site, and plenty yeah. of selection to choose from. Um, you know, I've I've handed it out to uh, to various people who who maybe do shopping for the comic lover in their lives, and uh, you know, looking for a good discount. So uh, definitely check it out; um, you won't regret it.
1: I might go pick up some Legion trades from Inside Trades. You want me to send one your way too, or you can keep you can keep that crap over you know uh, over this... at your house. Okay. Right. Hey, so, dude, Thor don't, trades. Don't... You want me to send you some Thor trades?
0: You know, I, I challenge you. Go out. Besides the Jeff Johns Legion, go out. Tr- just try and go out and find a good
1: Legion story. I, I will accept that challenge, my friends, and I will get yeah. back to you. No, you, you go
0: find it because I, I want to hear how this this turns out. What? All right, well, that does it for us this week. Um, Thanks for tuning in the show, and we'll see you later.